Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support. The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Check. Check. Mic working? Yeah. Hello? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me, though? Okay, I can hear you. Uh, I think we're good to go. Oh, hey, yo, we're recording. Let's get this thing going. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph. And in today's episode, episode number 107, we have a plethora of things to talk about. We have Red Sox. We have Patriots. We have, obviously, the NFL to talk about. Bruins. And your Celtics. I want to try to cover all four of the Boston sports teams today. I also want to try to cover, obviously, the NFL scores from yesterday's slate of games, which we will get to. Bruins, are they going, are they trending down? Are they trending up? We will talk about that. Red Sox have some exciting news that I also want to touch upon, which I will touch upon first. But before we get into any of today's topics. I hope you had a fantastic weekend. I hope you enjoyed your Friday, Saturday, and your Sunday. And hopefully your week is off to a fantastic start. It's a little rainy. It's a little chilly here in uh, the Rhode Island area. But that's okay. That's okay because we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about. Hopefully that can brace or kind of mend today's droughty weather well it's not it's not drought raining drenchy weather i don't know i'm just trying to be creative here guys just work with me all right just work with me but yeah before we uh do any of that like i said hopefully you had a fantastic weekend and your week is off to an amazing start i cannot wait for today's episode we have so much to talk about but before anything i do want to give you a quick heads up although there is thanksgiving on Thursday, this Thursday, if you can believe it or not, in three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, four days, I can't count, we will still have episode 108 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk airing on Friday, Black Friday, while you're shopping. You see people walking around with AirPods in all the time when you're out and about at the mall or wherever. They're probably listening to Murph's Boston Sports Talk. So yes, I will have episode 108 out and about for you so you can listen while you are shopping or doing other things. Whatever you may be doing on Black Friday. Maybe you're trying to recover from Thanksgiving. Maybe you're hungover. Maybe you're sleeping. Maybe you're still eating. 
or shopping. Who knows? Maybe doing everything all at the same time. I have no freaking idea. But just because of the holiday on Thursday will not change up anything here at the studio. If you're wondering, Murph's Card Town and Sports Shop will be open 10 to 6 on Black Friday. 10 to 6. So not your traditional 12 to 8. It will be 10 to 6 on Friday and it will also be 10 to 6 on Saturday. So that's really all I have to say in terms of getting you or keeping you up to date with things going on here at the shop. But let's dive into the Red Sox. That's what you're here for. You're here for me to talk about sports. So this is something that broke earlier this morning, and that is the Boston Red Sox exercised their club option on manager Alex Cora for the 2023 and the 2024 season. So this was a decision that they made probably last night, but it was announced today being Monday, they did not have to exercise both options when they did. They could have went with the option for 2023 and called it a day, wait for this time next year and exercise 2024. But nope, they decided to exercise both the 2023 and 2024 options on Alex Cora's contract. He will be the manager for your Boston Red Sox for the next three full seasons, 22, 23, and 24. This is very exciting here in the Boston area, obviously the New England area. People love Alex Cora. He is 20, 284 and 202 in his three seasons as the Red Sox manager. Obviously, he was not here with the club in 2020. He led the club to a winning record all three seasons at the helm, including setting a franchise record with 108 wins and a World Series title in 2018. Although 2019 was a very disappointing season, there was still a winning record to be had which is freaking awesome. And then obviously last year in 2021 where the Red Sox were able to go up and beyond expectations this past year. I think Alex Cora should have uh, been in a little bit more of the running for the AL Manager of the Year. Yeah, I know Kevin Cash and the Rays were able to win 100 games or whatever. But, uh, I mean, I guess when you're taking that payroll and that talent to 100 wins, and, you know, the number one seed in the American League. I guess it's kind of hard to pass up on that. So I, I, I totally understand. But I think, what, fifth in AL Manager of the Year voting? With I mean, I guess the talent and the rush you have, you should probably get more than 92 wins. All things considered, though, with what happened, you know, him missing 2020. And then, obviously, the record in 2020. Some new faces they brought in. Hey, you know what? I'm not upset that he didn't win it. I just thought he maybe should have got a little bit more recognition. But when you have that talented roster, I guess 92 and 70 in fifth place in the AM Manager of the Year voting should uh, not be warranted. I, I guess I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But that is exciting news coming out of Boston. There's also some other exciting Red Sox news as well, and that is that is. With Justin Verlander now re-signed with the Houston Astros for was it a one-year $25 million deal, right? One year with a player option for 2023. Okay, so one-year $25 million deal, $25 million player option for 2023. Pretty good contract for him, I think. Noah Syndergaard's off the board. Andrew uh, Heaney is off the board, which the Red Sox were not interested in. But how about this one? Robbie Ray. Yeah, the same Robbie Ray that just won the American League Cy Young Award. He's a free agent now. Blue Jays are probably wanting to sign him. Yankees sure as hell want to sign him. Yankees want to sign anybody. But apparently, Heim Bloom is pursuing one, is pursuing some of the same free agents as Yankees general manager Brian Cashman, where they're both virtually all of the top market starters. Heine's gone, Verlander's gone, Ray is still on the board. Obviously, there's still Scherzer, there's still uh, Greinke, there's still well, Syndergaard's now gone. So there's still some names out there. But Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray. Now, I did not think of this one before. I didn't think that I would like this idea as much as I do now. Obviously, past you know episodes ago, I, I went over the list of free agents who I wanted the Red Sox to bring bring in. Obviously, Eduardo Rodriguez was one of them. I wanted him to come back. Verlander, Scherzer, but Robbie Ray. 
Same guy that won American League Cy Young Award winner. Or Cy, your American League Cy Young winner. 13-7, and 2.84 ERA, ERA, if I could only talk. 32 games, 32 games started, 193 and a third innings, 248 strikeouts, and a 1.045 whip. I'm kind of digging that. I'm kind of digging that. Now, I like that because it gives you another lefty in that bullpen. Not that bullpen, that rotation. Right, you got Sale, and that's it for now, for starting lefties. You had Erod. You had Martin Perez. They're both gone. Valdi, Hauk, and Pavetta are all right-handers. Bringing in Robbie Ray, a nice little lefty, would be fantastic. Robbie Ray is the best pitcher available on the open market, and his price tag no doubt went up last week when he beat Yankees ace Gary Cole for the American League Cy Young Award. Where is that price tag going to stand right now? He is currently 29. 29, correct? 29. He turned 29 on October 1st, so he's entering his age 29 season. Hmm. No, I'm sorry. He's entering his age 30 season. He's 30 now. So he's going to be 30 this upcoming season. He's probably going to want like a seven, eight year, uh, seven, eight year. Oh, I'm trying to do some math in my head. Because obviously players get so overpaid these days. Uh, let's see. Do two hundred million divided by eight is twenty five million per. He'll probably want two twenty five divided by eight, which is just a little over twenty eight. That's way too much for me. I'm okay with that twenty five million dollar price tag, but not for eight years. I don't mind doing it for for five years. For five years. I don't mind doing uh, six years. I think even six years might be even too long. I mean, let's see. He hasn't been that great of a pitcher before this year. 2020, he was 1-1 one one with a 4.79 ERA. In 2020, oh, I'm sorry. No, that was with the Blue Jays. He was 2-5 and five with a – I don't even want to do the math on the ERA. In 2019, he was 12 and 8 with a 4.34. The year before that, 6 and 2, with a 3.93. Arizona back in 2017, he was 15 and 5 with a 2.89 ERA. 2016, 8 and 15. 2015, 5 and 12. It's just he had one fantastic season. Yes. But is he someone that's going to be able to maintain that success for a long-term contract? My personal opinion, I don't think so. I'm not going to say he was a one-and-done kind of a player where he has one great season and he's done with, done with it. But you need to proceed with caution if you're the Red Sox and wanting to sign this guy to a potentially long-term deal. You need to proceed with caution. Need to. I think five years should be the max. Obviously, if a team throws him seven, eight, he's going to get that guaranteed money. He's probably going to go that way. I think the Red Sox for Robbie Ray is a long shot. I'd rather them invest their money in more of a short-term contract for someone older, maybe like a Max Scherzer. Is there any reports on Max Scherzer these days? Uh, okay, at least he still it still says he's a free agent. So there's nothing that I've missed right now. In terms of Max Scherzer, so that's good. I'd rather give Max Scherzer like a two-year, sixty million dollar deal than Robbie Ray like a hundred and fifty over six years. Me personally, but I want to know what you guys think. Obviously, this is our little baseball segment for today's episode. But let me know what you think. Do you want Robbie Ray in the Red Sox rotation next year? And if so, what are you willing to pay him? Let me know down in the comment section below if you're listening to this on YouTube. Or reach out to me via social media at Town, and let me know your thoughts. Do you want to pay and invest for a 30-year-old Robbie Ray who is coming off his first and really only successful season in the major leagues? Like, like I said, 12-8 and 8 with a 4.34 ERA in 2019. Fairly good. 2017, 15-5 with a 2.89. So I guess there's that as well. So, But the consistency isn't hasn't always been there. 
just won American League Cy Young Award. So obviously that is fantastic for him, and that is obviously really going to help his case in order to get paid the big bucks by the big teams. But like I said, let me know what you think down below. Let's move on to your New England Patriots. Your first place. Your first place. Do you want me to say it again? I'll say it again for you. Your first place, New England Patriots. In the American Football Conference East Division, the current third-seeded team in the AFC Conference. Oh, that felt good to get off my chest. I, I, I really wanted to just talk about the Red Sox stuff, stay calm, cool, and collected, and just get that first 10 minutes out, and then we can just dive into all excitement with your first place in the East Division of the American Football Conference and your third seed, New England Patriots. Who thought? Who would have thought that the Patriots would be in that position? This position right now. They are better. Then the Chiefs, they are better than the Bills, Chargers, Bengals. Let's see, who else is there? The Steelers, the Colts, the Browns. Everyone else is kind of dog shit. Nobody. Nobody. I said at the beginning of the year that I would predict the Patriots to be a wild card team. First few weeks of the season did not look like the case. They were even going to squeak into the, the playoffs. But now, you look at them. You look at them now. And they are fighting for the East Division. The title. A guaranteed spot in the playoffs. I did not expect this. I thought the Bills were going to be a lot better than... They're 6-4. and four. They're still a really good team. They've had some bad losses. It is what it is. Patriots have had some bad losses too. But like I said on Friday, the media is all on the Patriots bandwagon now. They're all on the Patriots bandwagon now. People are finally giving the Patriots some attention and respect that they deserve. And albeit... The beginning of the season, they did not deserve it when they went 2-4 and four to start the season. I'll, I will admit that. But they have won five straight games in great fashion. They gave up one touchdown to the Browns on their first drive last Sunday. And that was it. They are 70. They're outscoring opponents 70-7. to seven. In two games, in that one touchdown, first drive by the uh, Browns, is the only seven. They shut out the Browns the rest of the way. They shut out the Falcons on Thursday night. This defense is molding. This defense is gelling. This defense is playing well. The Patriots' offense is doing the same exact thing. They're playing well. They're molding. They're gelling. Is there a few flaws? Absolutely. But I think those flaws, we can deal with it. And we can push forward. But we are not out of the neck of the woods yet, folks. We are not out of the neck of the woods. We have two difficult opponents coming up. Sunday against the Tennessee Titans. The following week against the Buffalo Bills. And look, I'm not going to sugarcoat either game. I'm not going to sugarcoat either game. The Tennessee Titans are still the best team in the conference. The Bills are still a serious threat. They're playing New Orleans this week. Should be a win for the Bills. But, hey, if they lose that because that game is down in New Orleans and they lose that, that's on Thanksgiving, by the way, so everyone's going to be watching. Watch out. Watch out. It's... It's going to be something. It is absolutely going to be something. The New England Patriots are in striking distance of owning the top seed in the conference. They are within striking distance. 
The Titans are eight and three right now. Number one. The Ravens are seven and three, number two. If the Patriots are able to beat the Titans, and regardless, actually I don't want to say regardless because the Ravens only have three losses. And the Ravens lose. Patriots, your New England Patriots will be the number one seed. What? 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 Who expected that? Who? Tell me who. Who expected that? Not me. Not you. Nobody. Nobody. This Patriots team, I'm telling you, I know a lot of people may not remember the 2001 season. I know a lot of people don't want to make this comparison. This 2021 team is showing an insane amount of flashes of the 2001 team. I already went over it on Friday. I already went over it on Friday. But just look at this. Look at it. Both years, the defense was good. The offense had players, but no big proven names. I mean, I guess you had probably Troy Brown at the time. That was really it. Yeah, you had Drew Bledsoe, but he got injured. And then here comes Tom Brady. You know, for the sake of arguments, a rookie, even though he's it's technically his second year, but he played all but three snaps his rookie season. And he does wonderful as the starter while Drew Bledsoe is out. Now, granted, Mac Jones is a true rookie starting from day one, but still, the similarities are still there. Low expectations. You just want the guy, the kid to develop and go out there and win you some games. That's all you're hoping for. Next thing you know, you're rattling off five straight wins. Both teams in 2001 and 2021 were six and four. No, the Patriots were five and five, and the Patriots were six and four at week 10. What? That is absolutely miraculous. Listen, the Patriots. In 2001, went through a ton. Obviously, that was the year, you know, the 9-11 attack. The bye week wasn't until week uh, 17, no, 16 at that time. Completely different time. Patriots this year, in their own right, are going through something completely different themselves as they're trying to go up, up a huge uphill battle where they're really trying to take on the juggernauts of the league. Cowboys, Buccaneers, who else did they lose to? I know those are the only two games that they really lost to good teams. I guess the Saints at the time. The Dolphins, ugh. But they have the Titans coming up. The Bills coming up twice. The Colts. Some are calling that a trap game. I'm not. Could it be a trap game? Sure, but I don't think it will be. I think the Patriots will go into that well prepared. Then you got the Jags. Then you got the Dolphins. Yippee you. I said two weeks ago before the Browns game, Patriots need to win the next three or four. Browns, Falcons, Titans, Bills. I said, I don't mind if the Patriots lose that Titans game because I'd rather them win that Bills game in efforts for a potential tiebreaker come time to determine the division. Especially because you'll have a game with the Bills in just a couple of weeks later on in December. I think the Patriots can beat the Titans. I think the Patriots can beat the Bills. Can they go 4 and 4 in those four games I was referencing? Absolutely. Is it possible? Absolutely. Can they do it? Absolutely. Will they do it? I don't know. I don't know. That Titans team is still good. And now I don't care about the Bills game just yet. I don't care about them right now. I only care about this Titans game. When you're in a situation like this, a team that's climbing a steep uphill battle, you have to be looking game by game. You have to. And I'm just looking at the Patriots' schedule right now in terms of just the scores of each game. Since the Patriots lost 19-17 on October 3rd to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 
the Patriots have scored tw- at least 24 points in every single game. 25 against the Texans, 29 against the Cowboys, 54 against the Jets, 27 against the Chargers, 24 against the Panthers, 45 against the Patriots, 25 against the uh, 45 against the Browns, excuse me, 25 against the Falcons. Your offense is scoring points. Your offense was probably the most questionable thing this entire offseason, the beginning of the season, rookie quarterback, lack of weapons. But you're scoring at least three touchdowns, you know, if you want to do the math simply, three touchdowns a game. Your running game was even struggling at the beginning of the season. You relied on Mac Jones way too much in that Buccaneers game. Then the running game started to, you know, take shape a little bit. Even in the loss of the Cowboys, 29 points. Your defense lost you that game. That could have been a win. That easily could have been a win. 24 points, at least 24 points in every single game since that loss to the Buccaneers in Week 4 on October 3rd. Your offense is clicking. Your offense has developed significantly since Week 4. Your defense has played phenomenally holding the Jets to 13, the Chargers to 24, and just edging them out. The Panthers to 6, the Browns to 7, the Falcons to 0. This team is revolutionizing itself to be a complete team. A complete team. Offense, defense, special teams, coaching. All four phases of the game. People only focus on two, offense and defense. But there's a third element that's called special teams. And then the fourth element, which is coaching. The coaching staff feels more confident with the offensive play calls. The coaching staff looks like they know what they're doing with defensive play calls and personnel. The special teams is obviously playing a huge factor in not allowing the opposition to get good field position when it comes to terms of punt coverage, kickoff coverage, tackling in the open field, or you know Jake Bailey flipping the field with is an incredible leg strength. Nick Folk kicking incredibly accurately. I think his one missed field goal was that potential go-ahead field goal against the Buccaneers. That might be his only miss this whole season. I know he missed a PAT against the Falcons. <clears throat> All four phases are going off right now. In the last three games, you've given up 13 points. In the last three games, six to the Panthers, seven of the Browns, zero to the Falcons. Your defense in the month of November has given up 13 total points. 13 total points. And you've scored 94. That is a recipe for success. That is an absolute recipe. That is a Thanksgiving recipe for success. And if you disagree with me, you have to reach out to me. You have to get in touch with me because I need to know how you disagree about this team. Whether you're a Patriots fan or a team from another, a fan of another team, you have to look at this team and respect what they're doing. You don't have to like them. If you're a Jets fan or a Giants fan or whatever, you don't have to like this team. But you have to respect what they're doing. Rookie quarterback, completely overhauled new team, and, a, and they – are balling. They are one of the best teams in not just the AFC, but the National Football League itself. The New England Patriots are arguably, arguably a top five team. Now, that's very, very aggressive. Now, I'm not saying they're the first or the second or the third best team, but you could probably argue them to be the fourth or even the fifth best team in the league. Now, if you want to look at it record-wise, yeah, you got the Cardinals, you got the Packers, you got the Titans, all ahead of you, all with a better record than you. Cowboys seven and three, Ravens seven and three, you're seven and four. Buccaneers six and three, Chiefs are seven and four, Rams are seven and three. So there's a little bit of you know competition for the four and five spots, sure, okay. But honestly, when you take into consideration the defense. The offense, the coaching, 
and the special teams, all four phases of the game, you are negligent to at least consider and debate the Patriots being a top five team in this league right now. I know that's aggressive. They're not one of the top three. They're four, five, maybe even sixth right on that edge, right on that cusp. But what this team has done the past five weeks is feels like a miracle in all honesty. It feels like a miracle. 11 games into the season, 7-4, and four, five-game winning streak, third seed in the AFC, first place in the AFC East, arguably a top-five team in this whole league. I already went over it on uh, Friday's episode last week that the Patriots' defense is a top-five defense in terms of points allowed, average points per game, yards allowed, this and that, right behind Buffalo in every category. And Buffalo, this past weekend, got absolutely dismantled by not just the Colts, but by Jonathan Taylor himself. The New England Patriots. I'll I'll leave you with this before I run over the league schedule. The New England Patriots have had an up-and-down season. I think we can all admit that, right? All us Patriots fans listening can admit that the Patriots have had an up-and-down season. A roller coaster season, an emotional season. But what they're doing right now is fun to watch, exciting, a breath of fresh air compared to last year, at least, right? And very, very optimistic. I do believe, I strongly believe the Patriots will get into this playoff and win a game. Now, that's not saying much. That's not saying much. But considering you lost Tom Brady, you sucked ass cheeks last year, didn't even make the playoffs, and you have a rookie quarterback, and on top of that, you're basically 70% of your roster is completely different than it was a year before. I would consider if you can win a playoff game, if you can win a wild card game, that's a win for the season. That is an accomplished season. Now, obviously, in terms of Bill Belichick, he doesn't care about anything except the Super Bowl. And you know what? I'm on that same boat. But you gotta take it a time year at a you know, one year at a time, step by step. I love this Patriots team this year. I really do. I was very iffy and shaky on them at the beginning of the season. But they are such a likable group of guys. No matter what position they are, whether it's Kendrick Bourne, you know, going crazy in the end zone, the whole team rallying around Jacoby Myers for his first touchdown. Whether it's Kyle Van Noy just being a great guy and just having a conversation on the Pat McAfee show and just talking about this and that and how the guys are just gelling together. It's Mac Jones even in his press conferences being such a professional, a likable guy who's just seems like he's focused. He seems psychotic about football, which is good. You want that from your player. Tom Brady, psychotic about football. Chris Sale, psychotic about pitching. Those are the players you want on your team. You want the psychopaths on your team who care about nothing but winning and doing anything it takes to win. That's why this team is so likable because you have a bunch of those guys. Kendrick Bourne is now taking like three, four handoffs a game. Brandon Bolden, a core special teamer, is now your third down, your James White role running back. Nikhil Harry is an incredible blocking wide receiver for you. Your team is likable. Your team is playing well. They have some tough competition ahead. Like I already mentioned, the Titans, the Bills, the Bills again, the Colts. But if they keep going at this pace right now, the way they're going and trending the way they're trending, I think come the end of the season, whenever that season ends for the Patriots in the playoffs, whenever and wherever it ends, you can look back on the season and say it was a successful season all things considered but most importantly year one of mac jones that's all i'm going to talk about the patriots wasn't really a rant it was just me i guess it kind of was a rant let's let's just be honest it was a rant it was me gloating about the patriots i had to do it people needed to know people needed to know where i was at with this team and where the where, where the general consensus should be at with this team I didn't expect it to take that long, though. But anyways, let's recap scores from week 11 
Obviously, 25-0, the Patriots beat the Atlanta Falcons on Thursday night, as we already knew. The Ravens improved to, to what was it? I just had a 7-3. 7-3 with their win over the Bears in a interesting game towards the end, but it was an ugly game for the Ravens, I'll tell you that. The Vikings beat the Packers 34-31. What a win there. I did not expect the Vikings to win that game, but hey, hats off. Colts absolutely destroyed the Bills 41-15, or I should say Jonathan Taylor. The Jonathan Taylors. Destroyed the Bills 41-5. to Taylor had five rushing touchdowns, or five total touchdowns. The Browns beat the Lions 13-10, to a very slim win for the Cleveland Browns. At least they won because that means I am not out in survival just yet. The Washington football team beats the Carolina Panthers 27-21. A nice little bounce-back win. Well, actually, no, because they won last week, too. So back-to-back wins for the Washington football team in their first full game without their young superstar, Chase Young. Texans defeat the Titans 22-13, to which is obviously leaving the door open in the AFC for that number one seed with the Titans losing to the Texans. The 49ers beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 30-10. Dolphins beat the Jets 24-17. The Eagles beat the Saints 40-29. The Saints have fallen off a cliff ever since they lost Jabu Winston. The Bengals beat the Raiders 32-13. A little odd score right there, 32-13, but hey, Bengals will take the win no matter how it comes. And the Chiefs and the uh, Chiefs and the Cowboys. I see so many nines. 19 to 9. That's an odd score for sure. That seems like a blowout baseball score, if you tell me. Terrible game for the Cowboys. Obviously, you expected a lot more from a Super Bowl contending team. The Chiefs were down but not out, and they are roaring back with a was it three, four wins now in a row for them? So congratulations to the Chiefs. Seems like they're back on track. The Cardinals defeated the Seahawks 23-13. Big win for the Cards. Did Kyler Murray play that game? Kyler Murray did not play, but Colt McCoy, 328 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Zach Ertz had a big day for uh, replacing DeAndre Hopkins, really, because he wasn't out. He wasn't playing. Rondale Moore, 11 receptions, only 51 yards. Talk about screen passes. Let's see. What else we have? What else we have? What else we have? We have the Chargers defeating the Steelers 41-37 to on Sunday Night Football last night. Big win for the Chargers. Terrible loss for the Steelers. Honestly, kind of screws things up for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but helps things out immensely for the Chargers of L.A. And then tonight, Monday Night Football, we have the New York Giants, the New York Football Giants, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. Good game right there. Hopefully Brady can avoid his first ever three-game losing streak of his career. But we will have to wait and see for the end of that game. Let's jump to Bruins hockey. Let, 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 let's do the Bruins first. All right. Quick standings check. They are currently fifth in the, East, uh, in the Atlantic Division. Excuse me. They are still... The, well off in terms of games played to the rest of the division. I mean, the Senators have 15 games played. You have 15 games played. So they have slowed down in the amount of games they're playing. But everyone else, 18, 20, 17, 20, 17, 20. It's like, what, why aren't we playing those amount of games? Bruins are going to have a ton of games coming up in December and then obviously the back end of the season. It's going to suck. They had an ugly loss last night against the Calgary Flames, losing 4 nothing on home ice. Swayman did not look good at all. And guess who looked good for the Flames? Take a guess. Dan Vladar. You traded him to the Flames in the offseason for fifth, fourth round pick, fifth round pick, something like that. Oh, and he just shut you out. Crisp, clean shutout. Bang. Made you look silly. Now, obviously, just one game. Can't take too much stock in one game. But it also kind of looks bad because you traded him away because you believed in Jeremy Swayman more, which I did myself. But you also traded him away because you would then sign Linus Ulmark, who really hasn't been working out. In my opinion, my opinion, obviously he's still young. I think he has a lot of potential still. But it just goes to show you that you need a veteran on this team. You do. And I think things are trending towards Tuca. But honestly, Tuca can't play until February. So you need someone to fill in the gap now. The Bruins are in a tricky spot. They're 9-6 and six 
after 15 games. I'm not concerned about them. It's still a long season. But 15 games, though, you only have a handful more games left until you kind of get into that 20 to 25 where the season starts to shape out. I don't want to see this team be mediocre. I don't want to see this team be lackluster and miss the playoffs. They have a lot of potential, a lot of great players on their team, but they need to get things going. They had a nice little win streak of three games snapped with that 4-0 loss. Obviously, it doesn't help that you didn't play for a whole week, a whole week plus. But you got the Sabres coming up to, uh, on Wednesday. you got the Rangers at home on Friday, and then you host the Canucks Sunday, and then the Red Wings to wrap up the month on the 30th. There's that one, two. That's four games. You got to win three of them. You got to go 3 0 oh, 1. At least, I mean, you can't really suffer too many more regulation losses. I and mean, you haven't even suffered an overtime loss just yet, which is pretty, pretty neat. But I mean, they got six regulation losses. So it'd be nice to, if you're going to lose, at least lose an overtime or shootout just to get a damn point. Because at the end of the day, that's all that matters is points. And the Bruins only have 18 of them. Meanwhile, the Panthers are still thriving with 29. Panthers have 29. The Maple Leafs have 27. The Lightning have 23. Red Wings have 19. And you have 18. If the Sabres beat you in regulation, they will have 18 total points. And you, too, will have 18 total points. This Bruins team. Oh, my God. This team. This team is better than what they're playing like. Obviously, they've had a, not a lot of overhaul, but they had some ch- roster changes, a light overhaul. They need to play better. They need to go out and perform better. Now, can you point to goaltending? Yes. Can you point to defense? Sure. Can you point to lack of scoring? Absolutely. They only have 46 goals scored. They have given up 43 goals, which isn't terrible. Actually, that's fairly good in the division. I'm just looking at the division. I could care less about the other divisions right now. But 46 goals forward, goals goals scored, not good. That is, I mean, it ranks, is there eight teams? ranks fifth behind uh, the Panthers, Maple Leafs, Lightning, Red Wings, and the Sabres. And the Canadians only have scored two less less goals than you. So right now, it's probably goaltending and offense. And I know the goaltending because the goals allowed is only 43. But I would kind of credit more the defense on that one. My opinion, I know the defense has some problems. But in terms of goal scoring, the Bruins need to find ways to put the puck in the net. I mean, look, they lost 4 nothing last night. And that's just one example. I mean, I'm not going to just chew them out on one example. But 5-2 to two against the Flyers, which is nice. 5-2 against the Canadians. Those are the teams you're supposed to beat. 5-2 against the Devils. Great. 5-3 against the Oilers, though. I would just like to see it more consistent. And yeah, you know, the past month or so, they've scored, you know, Three, 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 five, two, three, two, whatever. Keep it consistent. Keep it consistent. Don't go one goal, zero goals, five goals, one goal, zero, five goals. Keep it consistent. I said this. I said this last year too during the playoffs. Got to get shots on net. You got to get pucks in the net. Their goalie only faced twenty-seven shots. Dan Vladar, twenty-seven shots. You know him. He's in your system for a handful of seasons. You should have been able to put 35 shots on net, know his weakness, and take advantage. But you weren't able to do so. And it made you look absolutely silly. And the Bruins, oh, man, it's, it's, it's very frustrating because I know the Bruins are right on the cusp of being a very, very great team. And they're probably the closest team in all of New England to win a championship next. I don't think it's the Celtics. Obviously, the Red Sox caught us all by surprise this past year, but moving into next year, I don't know because it's the offseason, so let's give it a little bit of time. Patriots, we didn't expect them to play this well, and honestly, are we going to consider the Patriots a Super Bowl contender just yet? I'm not ready to do that. So That's why I, I think it's the Bruins, but right now they're playing like one of the worser teams out of the whole... The region, the Red Sox, ALCS, Patriots on a five-game winning streak. Celtics aren't playing all that great either, but still, it's. 
I don't know. And speaking of the Celtics, let's let's dive into the Celtics because we got to wrap this episode up soon because I got to open Merce Cartown Sports Shop. Celtics. Let me get some water before I go into the Celtics. Great win on Friday. 131 away over the Lakers. Great win. No Jalen Brown. LeBron did play. I will take that. I will admit, first quarter did not look good. Did not look good at all, but you were able to bounce back in the second quarter. Third quarter, take control, and then obviously put him away in the fourth quarter. Absolutely fantastic job. Jason Tatum had 37 that night. Horford, 18. Schroeder, 21. Smart, 22. Richardson, 15. And then a handful of buckets from everybody else. So I'll admit, I'll admit, you guys played good that night. Okay? You played good. And then you had OKC the day after. You won 111-105. Obviously, the Celtics... We're able to get a lot of production from Tatum again with 33. Grant Williams, 14. Horford, 10. Schroeder, 29. Cantor, 10. Am I going to sit here? Am I going to sit here and tell you the Celtics have turned the corner? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The whole conference, though, the Eastern Conference, is muddled with a bunch of good teams to mediocre teams. Look at the Bulls. They're 12 and 5. The Nets are 12 and 5, leading the, the conference. But then you go all the way down to the Raptors at 8 and 10, and they're only four and a half games out. Meanwhile, you're 9 and 8, three games out. You're right on the cusp of the, the playoffs. But, like, I do expect more from this team. I do, especially in their soft schedule right now, leading up to December, which I have mentioned a thousand times that you need to take advantage of who you're playing in November because December is going to be hell, absolute hell. I'm not going over it again today. You can guys listen on Friday's episode. You can even listen to Monday's episode from last week if you want me to dive in on that. You got the Rockets today. That needs to be a win. Gotta be, you got to beat the teams that are inferior to you. The Rockets are projected to have the worst win-loss record in NBA history. I think they're projected to have like – Seven wins all season, six wins all season. They're one and 15 right now. They're one and 15. Do not lose to this team. Oh, I'm going to chew you out if you lose. I low key want you to lose to the, the Rockets. Who, who lost to the Rockets? I want to say it was early in the season that they got that lone win. Who was that one team that they beat? Oh, I don't care about preseason. Where's the regular season? Who's the one team that they beat? Why can't I find it? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> preseason. Ah, they beat the Thunder 124-91 on night on game two of the season. They beat the Thunder, and that was it. And you just beat Thunder, so theoretically, theoretically, you should beat the Rockets, right? Please don't lose to this team. Please, 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 please don't. Please, please do not. I will chew you out. I will rant and rave. Not rave. I will rant about you guys all night. All day, actually, because I, I record during the day on Friday. And then by then, we'll see how the game against the Nets go because that's on Wednesday. And then Friday night at 830, you play the Spurs in San Antonio. But I the, don't care about that right now. Just get this damn win against the Rockets, please. Please get that win against the Rockets. Oh, my God. I'm low-key petrified you might lose against the Rockets. I really am because it would be a Celtics thing to do to beat one of the best teams in the league in the Lakers, come back and beat a nice little good team in the Thunder. When I say nice little good team, I mean a, a fun team to watch in the Thunder, right? Not a good team, but they're fun to watch. And then go out and lose to the 1-15 Rockets who are projected to only have six or seven wins all season. Oh, my God. I can already see it now. I can already see it now. Celtics lose to the Rockets by 25 points at home. What an absolute terrible loss for the Celtics against a one-win Rockets team. Where did the Celtics go from here? Jason Tatum had his worst shooting career, his worst shooting out of his career. Al Horford had five turnovers. Marcus Smart had 12 turnovers. Where was the defense? Where was the offense? I can see it now. 
I can see it now. Do not lose to this team. That's all I'm going to say. This team is this team is playing very well defensively, all things considered. This team is starting to turn a corner in terms of other people scoring and not just Tatum. Obviously, having Brown out kind of helps where you need to find other people to score. But when Brown does come back, when he does come back, what is the offense and defense going to look like? I don't know. Just please don't lose. That's all I'm asking is please don't lose to this Rockets team. Please. Please don't lose. But it's an interesting time right now to be both a Bruins and a Celtics fan. Still fairly early into the season, but the season is definitely off and running. Both teams going relatively in the same direction. Both teams want to be going in the same direction. Just have to wait and see. We'll just have to wait and see. But that is going to wrap it up for today's episode. I really appreciate you joining me for episode number 107 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I really appreciate you downloading, listening, and enjoying. As always, if you're listening on audio-only platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, you name it, that's where you can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk, and I really appreciate you downloading, listening, and enjoying as always. If you are listening to this episode on YouTube, I would really appreciate if you could leave a like rating down below on this video. Comment any thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, anything of the like in the comment section below. And also, please subscribe to the channel if you are new to the channel or haven't considered subscribing just yet, as I would greatly appreciate the love and support that way. Thank you so much to everybody for listening, regardless what platform or, or service you're listening on. I really appreciate you downloading, listening, and enjoying. Reach out to me at Murph's Card Town. Give me a follow. Let's have a conversation. And we'll go from there. But I really hope you have a fantastic week. Have a fantastic, healthy, safe, bountiful, enjoyable, delicious Thanksgiving with your friends and family this year. Be safe out there. Thanksgiving is a sneaky, dangerous holiday because people will be drinking you know, their seasonal-flavored beers, their seasonal-flavored cocktails, their delicious wines. So just please be careful when you're driving to and from wherever you may be going for this Thanksgiving. And also, watch out for the damn traffic. You and I both know that Thanksgiving, or holiday traffic in general, is absolutely miserable. So do what you can to drive safe, avoid traffic, and get to where you need to go safe and sound, and also with a full stomach. But thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. I will catch you on Friday's episode. But between now and then, you guys know that I love you. I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. And I will see you in the next one. But between now and then, you know I love you. And I will always, always, always see you. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.